0: you're tuned into the three dads chat podcast episode number five in this episode the dads chat about their favorite soundtracks they also reveal what is to come in episode number six so stay tuned until the end make sure to check us out on twitter and instagram at three dads chat or email us at dadschatpod at gmail.com now enjoy the episode
1: okay hello and thanks for clicking the play button on podcast number five of three dads chat which is basically three dads having a chat about stuff so once again tim and john are present online to share their thoughts on it all hello fellas hello, hello. john how's things going mate
2: very well mate very well uh just another nice uh, typical london uk day today pissing down rain and uh Rather uh rather ugly outside, but otherwise just beautiful.
1: Hang on, do we have to put an E now on the front of our podcast because you said pissing down? (laughs) (laughs) New market's still so soaking wet, is it?
2: Yes it is, mate. It is.
1: (laughs) All right, well you'll you'll be all right, I'm sure you'll be fine. And then we have got Tim over in Niagara Falls where it never rains. How you doing, mate?
0: Always sunny. Always sunny. Have you ever seen a picture of the falls when it's raining?
1: Never, never once. Right? It's always sunny. (laughs) That's a good point, actually. (laughs) I hear you. I've been um, getting some work done on the recording studio, or as you call it, the basement.
0: The basement, yes. We have been very, very busy um, moving everything back into the basement. We had a bit of a leak a couple months ago, and uh, we got new floor and new paint downstairs. So now it's the tedious task. I'm moving all my records back into the rec room
1: hideous so, you love it
0: i do i do <laughs> so today today we we spent the day moving some of the furniture and uh the boys um helped me uh move uh, the cds so today was basically the cds we haven't even started moving the albums yet
1: actually i saw the picture you sent me You you actually put those in alphabetical order as well didn't you Yes, sir. They're all in alphabetical <laughs> order. So why are, are you going to sort your records out as well? Please don't do it in alphabetical. Are you going to do it autobiographically?
0: Autobiographically, yes. Wouldn't that be awesome? But no. So no. then you have
1: to remember that you bought an album.
0: Yes, yes. Or an <laughs> for album somebody
1: given... in, the, in the August of 1997, but didn't give it to them.
0: Yes, yes. But <laughs> no, no it's, it's, it's all going to be uh, alphabeticalized.
1: Nice. Well, that should take you about four years to get that sorted with the amount of records well, you've
0: Yeah. And I, I thought of doing it genre, right? But you have yeah. so many of those cross genre artists. Like, what, what do I do with Johnny Cash, you know? Or, you know, like, what do I do with Blue Rodeo? So, like, I thought alphabetical is easy, except for my jazz. My jazz has its own section. So I know on a Sunday morning when I head downstairs to have my coffee and jazz, i know where my jazz section is that's the only thing that's separate from everything else
1: you ever read jazz mags jazz max no jazz mags like jazz no. magazines no 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 i think it was jazz mags anyway
0: <laughs> <laughs> no i've never read a jazz
1: mag okay um okay so listen we've had more contact. From our ever-growing regular listeners, our friends out there are listening, or as we call them here, the Dad Pack. The Dad um, Pack, I love the it. Dad Pack, you like that? Uh, so I want to say hello to Tammy, who listens in her car on the commute into work, and Dylan and Darren, who are giving us a listen in their respective work trucks. I just want to say thank you for the support, guys. It's nice to hear from you. Um, we also had another letter from our uh, our UK listener, Roger and uh he's enjoying the tim talks and uh you know looks forward to doing what he did before drinking a cup of tea and having his sunday morning listening to the three dads uh we're
0: we're moving globally guys
1: i know i need a i need a a listener in australia somewhere so we can be three continents the the three cl not not incontinent three continents (laughs) Um, Okay, so we actually had a voicemail as well from a listener in St. Catharines, And here's the voicemail.
0: Hey, Laurie. Thanks for taking my call. Got a slight beef with that Tim dad right now. Uh, He let poor Johnny go out and say that Prince wrote, don't you forget about me. And instead of Tim being a true friend and speaking up and saying that that wasn't true, it was just a song written by a record producer that should have gone to Corey Hart. But that's another story. Uh, he let him look like a fool and give misinformation on the podcast. I'm really disappointed in Tim.
1: Okay. So basically I think this guy's got a problem with Tim.
0: I have a target on my back.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what is. like. John makes the, John makes the mistake and Tim gets shit for it. <laughs> so what, <laughs> if, what have you got to say there? <laughs> Both of you, Public what have Academy you
0: got to say? Tim? The, you know, what's happened is I've started the Tim talk. So now the the pressures on me to get my facts out and get the facts straight
1: yeah because i think our listener in st catharines is going to be jumping down your throat if you get anything wrong it's 100% gonna keep, it's going to keep us honest and actually jumping down your throat even if john gets or i get something wrong because he's going to blame you for it <laughs> i don't mind that blame tim <laughs> we'll have another segment called blame tim <laughs> i like that one yeah it's like blame canada um okay so let's get on to soundtracks which is the subject of this week's podcast so We've all had a bit of a think over the past week and we've each come up with a soundtrack album, which means the most to us. Now, I, I, will, I will go as far as to say that none of us are saying that these are the best soundtracks out there because there are so many. And there's so many different genres as well, like so many different types of things. So, John, over to you without telling us your soundtrack, the one you're talking about, what, in your opinion, you think makes a great soundtrack? Uh,
2: firstly, uh, after I tell you what I think makes a great soundtrack, I can tell you that my choice is, in fact, the best soundtrack ever, okay? but uh, Okay, well, to...
1: there's confidence for you. It, this isn't a competition. You know that, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, it is now.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. No kidding. I better find another one.
2: <laughs> to your point, mate, um, quite honestly, I think, uh, obviously, it helps if the movie... Is you know, you enjoy the movie and it's, uh, it's a good movie. But what really helps with the soundtrack is that uh, it is very suitable for the era and the time and the theme of the movie. Uh, as you will find out with my choice of uh, best soundtrack or favorite soundtrack, the, the theme of the movie and a lot of the songs to it. They definitely go um, both in terms of the uh, uh, the theme and the premise of it, and even of the era that the movie was was actually uh, made. So it, it really does. Again, it's it's just something that you can tie in with uh, the fact that if you enjoy the movie, but there's there's some really really cool music playing in the background, and then when you listen to the soundtrack, it takes you right to the the steps and the, uh, the moments in that movie that the song is playing. So that's what yeah.
1: I, anyway. I think, I think that's a very important po- uh, point with soundtracks. Cause you can, it really does convey the mood of the era or the time. Like you can get, yep. um, things like, uh, pretty in pink, Saturday night fever, dazed and confused and all those things, Br- the blues brothers and stuff like yep. that. They are all very individual about what they're going on. Um, what the, the actual time is and to like without, Music in a lot of these, can you imagine how dull movies would be without any original music or without any soundtrack? Imagine watching a Hitchcock film without that, you know, imagine watching Psycho where he's in the shower scene without that uh, violin going in the background and that music that comes in. It'd it just be some woman in the shower, really, wouldn't it? Yeah. Not, Not as scary. Jaws, it's, without that that John Williams theme, Jim, it's just like I was more scared of the music than I was of the shark.
2: Oh yeah, uh, Halloween, for example, the uh,
1: absolutely yes.
2: Oh, uh, that quite honestly, that music, the the whole build up with the uh, the little keyboard going, and uh, that was just as scary as the entire you know the the actual premise of Michael Myers coming into like, slash up somebody. But it was it was that anticipation that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so it, it is. but I mean, with respect, mate, with respect to uh, uh, as I said, if you can if you can listen to the soundtrack and visualize the movie at the same time, then point. you know the soundtrack has is, is done a great job of fitting into it,
1: yeah, that's a good point, actually. I, 100%. I, I yeah, totally agree with that How about you, Tim, uh, with uh, like I said, without revealing your choice, you see it. what other what are some types? Of the different types of soundtrack maybe you looked into
0: oh wow um the different types of soundtracks to be honest with you when we first discussed this as a group that we were going to do soundtracks there was only really one soundtrack that came to my mind and uh can i guess yeah go ahead guess
1: another guess does it have anything to do with you (laughs) too was it rattle and hum
0: with me was is (laughs) rattle and hum a soundtrack
1: well that's the, that's the a thing that I wanted to talk about because I think there are different there are you know you can go through is it is is Tommy you know and Quadrophenia are they soundtracks but it's more like a rock opera it's just one band doing all of the songs Yeah if if one yeah. band is doing everything yeah it's a soundtrack but it's not really I don't think for our criteria it falls into the thing of having a constructed one that's with different songs and different artists Now I need but would, you know. was it was it Rattle and Hum?
0: now i need new notes if you're saying the rattle and hum is not the criteria no no it, all joking it, it 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 isn't rattle and hum
1: okay what what was no what was the one you were talking about there though the the one that i had picked no 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 what not the one you picked The one you just mentioned because you said didn't you did i misunderstand what you were just saying
0: Oh, no, I, I was just saying that if Ral and Hum doesn't meet our criteria, that I would need to do new notes on a new soundtrack. But I didn't actually pick Ral and Hum.
1: Oh, thank God. <laughs> I, I, I was going to have to let you put in bloody U2 then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I mean, we've got – there's all different types of soundtrack. What, what are some of the others? You've got the classical music stuff as well.
0: Yeah, the, the, like the stuff with the original scores in it, you know, that uh, – um, yeah, the classical stuff is what I'm thinking, yeah.
1: Well, they had the um, – if you look at all that classical stuff, I I was thinking about this the other day, and thought, I was thinking, should, should I put some of these in as the thing? But, again, you know, some, it's pretty much dominated at the moment by two or three people. You've got the, the daddy, which is John Williams. This guy had 52 Oscar nominations wow. and five wins and also a truckload of other awards like Emmys and Grammys and you name it. This guy's phenomenal. He's so yeah. prolific. But then there's there's Hans Han Zimmer. Have you heard of Hans Zimmer? Yes. yes. Okay. So he did. He's done all of the Chris Nolan movies. So he's done the three Batman movies that he did, and he done Inception and Interstellar. Um, he's he did Lion King, Gladiator, Rain Man, Pirates of the Caribbean. It just goes on. He says he's done over a hundred movies. Wow. wow, and in and in his words, this is on a documentary I saw. His words, he says he's he's only done all of those movies because he's too dumb to do anything else. That's oh. all he knows, and I'm too stupid to do something else. <laughs> yeah,
2: uh, I, I wish I was just that stupid to do anything. Yeah, else, you know what right? I mean. I
1: wish I was stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just pure brilliance. And then you go back; you can go to Ennio Morricone and the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, and Elmer Bernstein with who remembers the Magnificent Seven track. You know, that, that famous song that came out of that. And Blade Runner, Vangelis. You know, there's just so many of these original soundtracks. Yeah. But is it really what we were looking at? Maybe not. No. So, What was, um, what, what was that,
0: that track from, was it Good, Bad and the Ugly, where he's running through the, uh, the cemetery? I think Metallica uses it.
1: I don't know. It, it could be. Oh, I funny. can't think of it right now. I don't know. We'll have to do some research and get yes. back to you on, on pod, podcast six. <laughs> um, of course, like I said, there's all the musicals as well. Quadrophenia, Tommy, Singing in the Rain, Hamilton. Oh, Brother, Where Are... There's too many to mention. They just keep flying out. Blue. So you just need to have... Actually, one I wanted to mention was, have you ever heard This Is Spinal Tap?
2: <laughs> yes.
1: What a fantastic album that is.
2: One of the all-time classics.
1: Absolutely. Big bottom, big bottom. Talk about Balm Cakes, My Girl's them. Fantastic lyrics. Um, All right, so, John, hit us. What is your album, your soundtrack?
2: Well, as I said, uh, lads, that it's not just uh, my favourite soundtrack. This is the best soundtrack. Okay, so the competition's on, lads. Uh, And for me, as much as there were some incredible... Soundtracks uh, like Rocky, for example, the original Rocky and Saturday Night Fever, uh, uh, Midnight Express. Uh, there, there were uh, there's a ton to choose from, but for me, it's hands down. It's Train Spotting, the original Train Spotting from 1996, uh, and I can tell you why. Firstly, the the theme of the movie is it's pretty i won't say dark but it's it's got some uh really intense uh theme you know behind it uh four lads in scotland you know a l- lot of drugs a lot of uh uh mischief uh going on um and it was really i mean how things were uh, blue collar uh bunch of young lads growing up through some pretty difficult times in a really uh difficult area to grow up in uh you know through the whether it's in the state council or wherever it was and just you know basically up to uh up to no good and they're just ha- out there to survive they're you know they're out for uh, they're out there for uh survival having a good time trying to earn a few quid and you know th- that's you got to see the movie especially if you are uh, and as you are well familiar with mate, the era uh, and the times of you know, the UK uh, in Scotland in particular, obviously you're not from Scotland, but you would know with a lot of the things that were the growing up, the 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 club scenes uh, that they had were absolutely brilliant. Um, but the soundtrack. now the the interesting thing is that the original soundtrack, they all, they had so many, songs on it that they actually uh, had a trainspotting 2 soundtrack as well um and it was it was just as good uh what i loved about it from the soundtrack's perspective is the range of artists uh on there Iggy Pop David Bowie New Order uh Underworld uh Brian Eno you know you had uh uh left last field heaven 17 fun boy 3 joy division it was unbelievable so you know if uh some some of the and, and as i said to you before is that if you were to listen to the album i can tell you you know in terms of where where the the, the track brought you to the movie um and yeah,
1: i have good. okay i know exactly what you mean
2: So, yeah, so, you know, um, what I've got to say this, uh, lads, is that I can remember in uh, 97. So this is just after the movie was released. uh, My wife and I, uh, we traveled to the UK uh, uh, as a part of our honeymoon. And uh, it was back in the day of the Discman. Uh, So I had. I had my discman uh, playing whilst we were uh, traveling from Dover on the train to head into, uh, I believe it was uh, King's Cross Station, but it was the the main one of the main hubs uh, in London. Uh, and what I loved to uh, to actually uh, to think is is the the actual train ride from Dover going into into London took you through some of the most beautiful countryside. And while I was listening to it, there was a song by the under uh, by Underworld, and mm. it was uh, called Dark and Long. It's a dark train edit. So this song is is something that, I can, you know, I for me personally, it was something that I can uh, envision the trip into London, and it is something memorable because I was with my my new bride, my my wife, and uh, it was that we were
1: going into London. Um, was this the trip that you I took you to Alexandra Palace? Uh,
2: actually, it wasn't me. This was the trip that I was going into uh, to Highbury. To yeah. go catch the
1: Arsenal-Pauk match. Oh, right. Yes. I don't think I knew you at that point.
2: Yes. Uh, yes, indeed. So, um, actually, we had just met, uh, but not personally. Yeah. It, it was just over the phone.
1: Right. Uh, Didn't it, I came over and I brought you an Aston Villa shirt, I remember.
2: You did, indeed. A <laughs> Milosevic jersey, yeah. I remember. Uh, so, it was uh, songs like Dark and Long uh songs like as you may recall in the, one of our earlier podcasts my favorite all-time song was temptation yeah. by new order and that uh, that moment uh, of time in the movie that temptation by new orders played was absolutely like i said you have to watch the movie but it was brilliantly timed um the you know and, and it's it's interesting because in the soundtrack, in the two soundtracks, there are two songs uh, with the same title, "Temptation," but the one was with uh, Heaven Seventeen. Um, but it was uh, just an absolutely brilliant, brilliant classical—you uh, know—in terms of time and and the atmosphere and the mood and everything. For me, just worked. There was, you know, uh, another uh, a classic. Uh, um, classic song, you know, whether it's uh, opera with Carmen, uh, but one of my, one of my one of my favorite songs as well uh, on this uh, on the Train Spotting Two uh, soundtrack is uh, something that I can definitely uh, really relate to, and especially as we're getting a little bit older, by David Bowie, and it's Golden Years, right? Uh, so was
1: so- that was that from? train spotting two or was that from train spotting the second album for the first film
2: correct it was the train spotting the second album for the first film so
1: okay because they did train spotting two later on and i thought hey you can't have two films
2: no 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 it's this is the original it's all about the the og for me it's the original one
1: (laughs) original gangster uh, yeah exactly um I, i totally get what you mean whenever i hear born slippy then yes. it just I'm just transmuted to the transmuted to the film. But did you know here's an interesting fact about train spotting, Noel Gallagher. He yes. rejected the chance to contribute to the soundtrack. Wow. Because he really? remember what yeah, he said I don't want anything to do with it because he didn't know who Danny Boyle was. Right. And he all he'd heard about this film was just the title, Trainspotting. And he actually thought it was about Trains. Train spotting. He thought it was about actual train spotters rather than being a, a black comedy about escapist, economically crippled heroin addicts living in Edinburgh. Yeah. So he said, Who the bloody hell is going to watch a film about trains? And they just went, All right, fair enough, whatever. And uh, he, oh my he regretted it. He said he, re- he regrets it to this day that he missed the chance of being involved in one of the greatest films ever made.
2: And if, if that's what one of the Gallagher brothers, you said that was Noel that said? That's
1: that? Noel, yeah. Well he was sort of and, in charge at the time, and yeah. Exactly.
0: and that's and that's why the band's still together.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes, yeah, with I, these high-flying birds or whatever they're called.
2: Whatever they're called. Uh one of the things I wanted to add as well, lads, with respect to the the soundtrack, and it's interesting, on the second album of the original uh, there is a there's a, a song. It's the first one. It's called Choose Life. The thing is that oh, it yeah. it it is with uh, Ewan McGregor, who is the lead uh, lead character in this. And by the way, I absolutely love his work. Uh, Ewan McGregor, uh, you can you can hear everything, uh, and it's essentially what he's saying in the movie. But it is uh, just classic Ewan McGregor and the way that they incorporated it into the into the song and the music was fantastic. Uh, you know, songs like uh, Atmosphere by Joy Division, uh, Our Lips Are Sealed by Fun Boy 3. These are all just brilliant, and they work so well into the movie. Uh, you know, so it is. It's one of the the, the classics for me.
1: That that Choose Life um, speech, I think, has been used in another song as well. Oh. I think um, somewhere along. I've heard it the other day, but it has a whole thing about choose choose a big f in television, choose washing machines, cars, compact displayers and electrical yeah. tin openers and all sorts. <laughs> of and he says, I choose not to choose life. I choose something else. Yeah. Heroin. Yeah. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> I choose heroin. <laughs> Apologies for the accent. But it was uh,
2: I, lads, like I said, I mean the movie is one of my favorite uh, movies ever. Uh, you got to really be into the mood to watch a movie with that kind of. You a...
1: got to take a bit of crack or a bit of heroin to watch that yeah, one, exactly. really. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well,
2: either either that or uh, you know, a good Chinese or Indian takeaway. You know, uh, just uh, plop yourself down, have a have a bottle of your, your finest, and uh and away you go with it, because it was <laughs> absolutely brilliant, man. I I just just talking about it right now. I'm, I'm resetting myself back to that train ride that I was listening to the soundtrack. And nice. I could, it, it, just, it just brought everything for me. I'm there with my new wife. I'm traveling on train through some of the most beautiful countryside in the south of England, going into London, my favorite city in the world, going to a football match with my two favorite teams. Yeah. And everything just
1: clicked for me. That's P A O K, wasn't it? That is correct, mate. That's correct. <laughs> or as you call it, Park. mate. They're all good memories, and it sounds like you definitely enjoyed that trip.
2: Um, yes. It's
1: funny. It's funny how you can. When I came to Canada, actually, my album. When I talk about it, I came to Canada first time '95, and I came for three days and stayed for ten months, as you well know. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, they couldn't get rid of me. A um the uh the deal was that there were various movies that got released around that time and this particular one really did it really stood with me so every time i hear stuff from that album i just remember that time and i'm sure yours would be exactly the same yeah in a big way nice all right timbo yes are
2: you, sir
0: are you still there mate i'm still here just right. i was i was totally entranced by uh the, the stories johnny <laughs>
1: He's got Thank some you. good stuff, mate. I will tell you, if John gets going, when we get together, uh, um, when he gets going on talking about his travels and the things he's done and seen and places, like, for example, his... I think it was uh, three countries in 24 hours, um, <laughs> over <laughs> to Belgium, down to, down to France, back into England. And also, the time you came to visit me in England and you dipped your feet in three different coasts in one day. Wow. <laughs> he, de- he did the... Uh, the Uh, north sea english channel and irish sea in 24 hour space
2: pretty much yeah
1: and muggins did all the driving
2: (laughs) (laughs) because i still won't drive in the uk that's too uh, driving cat not for me thank (laughs) because
1: they drive on the correct side (laughs) not the right side um all right mate tim let's you hit us mate hit us with what you got
0: okay when when we first um, started to uh, mull about this idea of the podcast, or sorry, the the soundtracks. This is the first soundtrack that came to my mind. Like I didn't think of other soundtracks, and like like John's um, soundtrack when it captured an era. This album to me captured an era, and this is this is from a movie that uh, that I basically grew up with. Um, it's uh, a movie that I've seen hundreds of times, and uh, um, the soundtrack, I think, really captures an era, and the soundtrack is a perfect um, greatest hit of an era. And uh, again, um, the uh, album that I chose, the soundtrack that I chose, is uh, a George Lucas film. Uh, it's called uh, American Graffiti, and it's, it's about, I, I, I don't know, have you guys seen the movie? American I, I've film?
1: actually not seen the movie. I think I've heard the soundtrack, though. Yeah. I, okay. I a long time ago, mate.
0: Yeah. So it, it follows four teenagers um, that uh, spend a night together the last summer of 1962. And the whole film, like I said, spans one night from sun up, from from sundown to sun up, sorry. And uh, the uh, the album that goes along with it, the 41 tracks or whatever it is, I can't remember how many songs are on the uh, soundtrack, but uh, um, it captures that time, that 19, that early 60s, late 50s. And when, when I first saw this movie, I was, I was getting into like James Dean and watching Rebel for a Cause, and it really opened me up to the whole doo-wop and the whole greaser scene and the greaser um, music. And just like, just like this song here um, by uh, Del Shannon, Runaway. Yeah, that is one of my favorite from the, the period. And uh, um, the, the movie and the soundtrack, it, as scenes change in the movie, as they follow the four teenagers, um, as one scene changes into another car, into another scene, another timeline in, within the, the film the songs are all the same because these, these kids are all listening to the same radio station throughout the movie. So the, uh, um, the soundtrack stays the same throughout all the, all the scenes. And the cool thing about this is that the licensing for this soundtrack was so expensive that Lucas, the George Lucas, who, who directed it, um, spent so much on the licensing for these songs that he had no money left over for any original scores. So there's no original scores on this album. And that's uh, that's
1: interesting. That one, that's an interesting fact.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So like everything went into putting out the, the licensing for these uh, songs so much that universal pictures declined to pay $5,000 extra to put out the album and the, (laughs) Universal Pictures thought that they had very little confidence that a movie that was made... The movie was made in 1976, okay? So they had very little confidence that a movie that was based in 1962 with all of this oldie-goldie doo wop and greaser music would actually be a success. When the movie was released and the movie became the success that the movie became... Universal Pictures, that $5,000 to get the licensing to produce the soundtrack, when the movie became a hit, Universal Pictures had to reverse their, their decision. Now it's like, oh, God, now we got to do a soundtrack for this movie. That $5,000 now became $1 million. So how would, how would you like to be that guy who said no to the $5,000 Nah, this, this movie ain't gonna make it, sort of like the Gallagher. And uh, then the movie makes it, and like, oh my God, we gotta put out this soundtrack. And now to get the licensing for all these soundtrack, all these songs, it's now a million dollars.
1: You think and, he actually kept his job then?
0: Oh, 100% no, 100%. <laughs> like, this is the guy who went on to work for, um, I, I think it was what, what radio or uh, uh, RKO uh, labels that turned down U2 on their very first one. Like he probably had a track record like that. <laughs>
1: wow. <The Beatles? laughs> but, uh, nah, you're never going to make it mate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, no one's going to listen to the soundtrack, but the soundtrack is so awesome and it captures that time period. And like, if, if you were to have one album in your collection for that whole doo wop and fifties that you just want to put on a greatest hits and, close your mind off you know like this is the one for you and it's going to give you like uh, Mark Dining Teen Angel right which I believe Pearl Jam uh, released in the uh, early 2000s as a as a cover but Teen Angel is another great one yeah so like you know like I can't say enough about this this uh, um, soundtrack because it was a, a movie that I grew up with and a soundtrack that I've had since I was early in, in my teens, you know, when I got into that James Dean um, phase of my life that, uh, you know, that that whole doo-wop, um, the, the greaser. You know, like I, I, I remember I used to take my car back when, you know, in, in high school and we would go out on a, on a Sunday night and we would drive the parkway from St. Catharines all the way to Fort Erie turn around in Fort Erie and drive from Fort Erie back to St. Catharines. And there was a AM radio station on uh, um, coming out of Buffalo. I can't for the life of me remember the, uh, the station, but it had on Sunday nights, solid Grease Sunday. So I would listen to this solid Grease Sunday, driving all the way to Fort Erie, you know, me and a buddy. And uh, then we would turn around in uh, Fort Erie and we would drive back. And it, it was like, every every sunday was 3 4 hours of new music for us you know and we were like i know myself i was so hungry for new music at that time and it wasn't my my normal stuff you know it was the stuff my grandparents were listening to and that's really what i remember from that you know getting into that time period for this album so yeah that's that's my album
1: awesome stuff did it did it um uh, affect you in how you dress did you started like dressing like a rockabilly and wearing jeans that are halfway up your leg and check shirts and stuff
0: oh my god i i started to roll my uh sleeves up on my t-shirts
1: oh come on and what i like put a put a like a bag of c cig- or a pack of cigarettes up in the, in the, uh, yeah in the you, you would
0: think the bag of cigarettes or the the pack of cigarettes but no <laughs> i would roll my uh, um, sleeves up on my t-shirts and it's funny because When this whole period in my life with the whole doo-wop and the whole uh, um, 50s greaser thing, it was in a parallel line with Morrissey's um, Drag" and Morrissey's Kill Uncle, where that band that he was touring with was doing the whole 50s thing. So at that point in my life, yeah, rolling up the pant legs was pretty cool. Wearing the big boots were pretty cool. But uh, yeah, that fluffing my hair up, getting that quaff, yeah, I, I I will admit I did that.
1: Okay, I need to see pictures of this, or it didn't happen.
0: <laughs> I will <laughs> yeah. I will scour what I have and try to find pictures of that time period
1: on our ig page i want to see some embarrassing photos and i'm quite happy to send some embarrassing photos of myself dressed yeah. as the, the guy from miami vice because there's plenty of those <laughs> floating about but if i'm going to do that i'm going to need to see you dressed as a greaser mate with your t-shirt shirts rolled up and if you can't find any of those pictures i need you to recreate one
0: <laughs> oh i can recreate one that's no problem i can recreate one very very quickly <laughs> you I <like>, I've, I've <laughs> always loved the stand up bass and you know that that whole that, that whole scene has always captivated me you know and the fact that here here we are 60 70 years later and that scene is still there's there's still people like for those that that, that don't know I also used to dabble in photography and one of the very first bands that I shot was a rockabilly band and i thought the like it was just really cool to be shooting a a style that i've liked for so long you know standing on top of the bass and playing the bass you know the big stand-up bass but yeah i i I will look for pictures of me back then
1: i can't wait mate i can't wait (laughs) um okay well it's a great album and um I think I'm going to have to like download that one and listen to the whole thing. It's very moody and it obviously really fit into the genre of particularly taking you to uh, an an era, because everything was from that time. And George Lucas, you know, he's made some mistakes in his career, but I don't think this was one of them. They had a great cast in there as well. You got Richard Dreyfuss as a, a young guy and uh, Ron Howard. Mm-hmm. um And also, I don't know her name, but it's the the young girl from uh, Laverne and Shirley was in that as well, wasn't she? Uh, was yes. It... Yeah. So good cast, good. But score. don't
0: don't forget, throughout all this, all those four guys, all sorry, all those four teenagers were listening to a very famous radio DJ at the time, and that voice
1: all oh, right yeah. voice,
0: the wolfman jack you know when
1: when Can you give when, us some of the voice so that so our listeners will know who you're talking about
0: well when you're talking about the wolfman jack and uh dal shannon's runaway
1: <laughs> very Mate, good you, you missed your calling you should have been on the on the station <laughs> really i should have <laughs> he had, he was really special though his stuff i think he's he's actually in a record yes He's on, What is that record that he's on? Is, is it The Werewolf of London? No, I don't know. But um, He's definitely on a track somewhere.
0: Yeah, yeah. Great, he uh, had a national syndicate show back then. Right. And it was just huge. But all the kids would have been listening to that, you know?
1: I always I try and do an impression of him. I always end up sounding like the Slinky Dog on Toy Story. <laughs> <laughs> no, not my best effort, I don't think. Um, <laughs> all right, well. Good stuff, mate. Very nice. So let's go off and um, find out what I was going on about. Uh, 1995, I'm going to take you back to. I came to Canada for the first time ever. Um, obviously, now I'm living here. Uh, we can. I guess we can sort of blame me coming to Canada on um, Joe Carter. <laughs> and you, you probably know the story, but when I... I- I was sitting there with Roger, actually, our listener in England. I was sitting there watching him, and we used to get, on Channel 5, we used to get to watch uh, one American sport per week. So one week it was NFL, next week it was Major League Baseball, then we'd get NBA, then we'd get hockey, and it would flip back to NFL on the the fifth week. But the problem was, the live games we'd get, bear in mind, UK's five hours ahead. So if the game started at... 8 p.m. here. It was a 1 a.m. start. Now, this thing could go on till four and five o'clock in the morning for us, which is, you know, quite late when you've got to get up and go to work the next day. But I watched, I watched the, was it Philadelphia? or, or yes. Atlanta, Atlanta, which was the first one?
2: Atlanta was the first one, mate. Yeah. Atlanta, Atlanta was the first sorry.
1: one. And then, then they took up the next one, it was like 93 or 94. No, 93. There was no, no baseball in 94, was there? Right. So, for- um, the at the at the sky dome and then joe carter shot hit the round you know went around the world and walked around the bases touch them all joe and it was fantastic and i said to roger at that point when i'm watching it i have to go i've got to go and see that stadium i want to go there and you know a couple of years later it turned around i took a bit of time off work um and uh came ended up in canada only came for three days and like i said stayed for 10 months but i got to got to see the stadium not only did i get to see the stadium because of you john i actually got to hit a ball in there What? <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah we well we john has a uh, a softball leg tell us tell us a little bit about that before i go on to my movie well how did that come about
2: well we um uh, uh there's a, a bunch of us it was a co-ed uh mixed team and we had a softball team uh, and every year, back in the day, every year, in the dead of winter, it was essentially end of January beginning of February. um it would start uh, essentially three o'clock in the afternoon on a Friday, and it would go uh, right until about eight, nine o'clock in the evening on the Sunday. And they would have they would set up three baseball diamonds. Or softball diamonds. Anyway, they would set up three diamonds on the uh, on the surface of the Sky Dome, and you would be playing around the clock. So you could have a a, a match being played at two or three o'clock in the morning, uh, and you know you would your team would be having to go. You'd have your schedule going. Uh, you know we w- we booked a, a hotel room uh, in the Sky Dome Hotel overlooking the fields. And uh, we were ready to go after a night of, uh, you know, libations. We <laughs> would go down to the uh, to the pitch and uh, essentially get ready for a three o'clock in the morning game,
1: which was absolutely fantastic. And you 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 and your team very very kindly invited me to come along for the experience. I didn't think I was going to play. I thought I was just going to be there, and and I actually got a couple of games. I had a couple of base hits. I remember being involved in a double play, and like I was just absolutely loving every minute of it, but that had really fulfilled um, a, I guess, a, one of my bucket list things. So that, that's one of the times that I really remember. The, and what happened then is because I stayed for so long, a lot of movies released in that year. I saw Pulp Fiction, that came out in 95. But this particular film that came out, really, um, I enjoyed the movie. It's uh, Forrest Gump. Now, Forrest Gump was the... Um, uh, I think it was the big movie of the year. There were some big movies that year. But it, it came with a th- with a, uh, a soundtrack that pretty much went through the years. And it, was, it, it almost told a story on its own because it starts, it goes straight in with Hound Dog, Elvis Presley. I mean, we've all seen the film, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yes. Okay, yes. so
1: he starts off as a child and he just happens to be one of his mother's lodgers in their uh, guest house, just happens to be a young... Elvis Presley, who, you know, the kid's got calipers on his legs and he's trying to dance to it, and he teaches Elvis how to do that leg shake and hip sway, and, and all of a sudden, you know, he comes, he's on television. It's like, I'm, I taught him how to do that. So that was Hound Dog, and then it goes into Dwayne Eddy with Rebel Rouser and um, a whole bunch of other songs that were from the era. But as Forrest Gump gets older, the songs, they, they, they go with him through the decades, and, of course, he goes through everything that happened in the 60s, in the states. Uh, he goes through um, the segregation issues they had in their school. He goes through the Vietnam War protests. Um, they had, uh, they got Joan Byers with Blowing in the Wind and Fortunate Son Credence Clearwater Revival. So, uh, but like I said, as it goes through the ages with him, he really does you you can sort of see what you don't even have to know where he is. You just listen to the song and you know that you know things like Mrs. Roberts and Simon and Garfunkel. That's later on, so obviously he's gone through the ages. Um, and in the uh, so I saw it. I actually saw a review of this while I was in while I was researching it, where somebody described it as the um, the uh, the old romantic story of a um, as a I gotta get this right as a uh, a mentally disabled man who in the end of the film is raped by a woman with aids i thought that's a, that's a bit harsh <laughs> but thinking about it it's almost what happens but you know she didn't have too good a childhood herself In that thing. Get, getting past that the uh, the other song i wanted to mention was this and it's been used in other movies before or since rather uh, i think it was used in uh, the 40 year old virgin, where they do this amazing dance to it at the end of the movie, all the cast, and it's by the fifth dimension and it's <laughs> Aquarius, let the sun shine in. Um, but it goes on with Harry Nielsen, everybody's talking. Um, you've got, I think there was a, uh, a song in there by, uh, I can't think of the guy's name, he did On the Road Again. What's, who, who sang that one? Willie Nelson willie nelson that's it on the road again and then it goes into gladys knight and we've got fleetwood mac in there bob seeger and it sort of like takes him into the 70s and 80s when other stuff is happening so it spans a good couple of decades but any time during that movie if you hear the soundtrack you don't even have to watch the film you know where you are you know where you're set in that movie um and there's actually a couple of interesting facts about that about the movie uh Tom Hanks actually before he even signed onto it he he opted out of taking a salary and instead he said I'll just take a portion of the film's earnings wow wow (laughs) do do you think that was pretty smart because he was due to get I think he was up for getting five million for the actual movie if he did it he currently to this end to to currently at the moment he's earned over 60 million dollars and he's still earning because, you know, it's it's made nearly 700 million worldwide and he gets a percentage of that all the way. So oh my not God. not too shabby. This is the same guy who put £500 on Leicester to win the title in the Premiership and actually at 5000 to one and it came in. Wow. Did he? Yeah, Did he, really? he, had, he had £500 on Leicester to win that year because he was doing a promo thing in Leicester at the time. And somebody told him, you know, oh, we've got a great soccer team here and he talks about it he <laughs> says well ha- are they going to win this year and of course all the fans went yeah not really believing it and he goes okay well put 500 pounds on his sort of pro- as a sort of like a uh, a little bit of um promotion for the for the thing he was doing and they bloody won oh my god so if you can do the math 5000 to 1 at 500 that's he he pocketed that <laughs> lucky bastard um What's the other? Oh, there's another bit in the movie. I, I saw this thing. Uh, they had a, a bit in there that um, he, has, he They shut the microphone off when he's actually saying stuff. He's doing a speech and everything, and they shut them at a the nearby police officer cuts the speaker off. They can't. You can't hear what he's saying. But he actually had a whole script. And he he had to learn that. You'd never hear it, but he actually, if you've sort of, like, got the script and you follow what he's saying, he actually has that script followed word perfect. So it was completely pointless him learning it because nobody heard it. No one heard
0: it. That's awesome. (laughs) No,
1: but that's the professional he is. And, you know, and also um, Sally Field played his mother in that film. Yes. And she's only 10 years older than him in real life. (laughs) 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 Which I thought was funny. Actually, another another one of those. Did you know... uh, you know, you remember Indiana Jones movies. Sean Connery was yes. played played Indiana Jones's father. Yes, I don't think there's that much between the two of those two either. <laughs> yeah,
2: there uh, maybe about years difference, mate. I think how many? I think there's maybe about fifteen years difference.
1: I know, that... but he, but Sean Connery in that film he played an old old man, didn't he? Yeah. Really? Um, it was kind of funny that I think it, I think he always got a little bit pissed off with that because he. You know, he like how am I, I going to go? He's actually, uh, uh, he's 12 years older. Harrison Ford was 12 wow. years younger than Sean yeah. Connery. Sean Connery was born in 1930, and Harrison Ford is 79, he was born in 1942. Yeah. So, like, to play his old father, I think, I think that always pissed Sean Connery off, but... <laughs> <laughs> he's not around and, to, to tell us now anyway, so cares. And Forrest Gumps had, had one of the greatest lines ever. Which life's,
0: life is like a box of chocolates.
1: Now, I have a problem with that one. Mm. I have a problem with that one. Have you ever bought a box of chocolates? <laughs> yes. yes. What happens if you turn the lid upside down? Well, you know what's in them. Exactly. There's a bloody picture. <laughs> it tells you what they are. So all that bollocks about life's like a box of chocolates, you never know what, what you're going to get. Look at the lid. Look at the label. I mean, it's there in plain... Oh, that's a, I don't like those fondant strawberry creams. I won't eat that one. That's the whole bloody point. I don't think she'd ever bought a box of chocolates. That's her problem.
2: We to destroy that one, mate. Way to destroy that one. Thanks.
1: <laughs> uh, I'm just here to ruin films and, and have fun. <laughs> okay, I've got uh, something else for you here. Something a little bit different. I've got a quiz Ooh. for Ooh. you two. Okay, Okay. so shout them out if you if you can think of it, but you too. (laughs) (laughs) You get points deductive if you say anything to do with Irish bands. Um... For the cranberries? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So who can tell me any, if not all of the top five biggest selling soundtrack albums of all time? You get a point for every one you talk about. Saturday Night Fever. Is number two. That's the number two most sold, where it's 40 million copies of that to date. Forrest Gump. Nope, not on the top five.
2: Wow. Uh, Star Wars.
1: Nope. Mm. Um. Should I give you a clue? No, Rocky. Nope. Not in there. The, uh, I, th- stopped, I stopped at top five because the sixth, seventh, and eighth and onwards were um, East Indian films, which I'd never heard of. But because they they have, like, massive fan bases there, you know, you sell 28 million copies of a record, I'd never even heard of it. So we got Saturday Night Fever at number two with 40 million. Bob Fiction. No, nope, not in there. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Okay, so who was the star of Saturday Night Fever? John Grease. Yes, bingo. Who said
2: Grease?
1: Who said Grease?
2: The Greek.
1: Uh, Greece, (laughs) the the Greek. I I was surprised you didn't get that straight away. I thought you would have said that. Okay, so that's two of the five, and that was number five. So you're looking for number four, number three, and number one. I don't think you'll get number one. You don't think so, eh? No, but I think you can get at least one of the other two. I'm going to give you a clue. I'm going to start saying a line from the movie. Right. And as soon as you get it, tell me what the thing is, okay? Okay. Nobody puts baby no nope. in the corner. Do you guys watch movies? Nobody nope. puts baby in the corner. Puts baby at in the moment, corner. if we had if we had like loads of female listeners, they'd be screaming at you. It's dirty dancing. Ah. Oh. Oh. Nobody yeah. puts baby in the corner. Dad, right. wife would Tim, definitely. Tim, go and ask the wife. Yeah, no, yeah. mate, yeah. John, uh, you know what? Go and ask a the wife what that story means.
0: Story of that is, is Saturday night playing darts downstairs in the rec room,
1: mm-hmm. right?
0: And, and we have the vinyl spinning. That is one of her favorite albums to put on. Is the Dirty Dancing soundtrack. So yeah, that okay. is a that is a fail on me.
1: Yeah, double fail. Okay, I'm going to give you the other two because we're running a bit now. Um, number four was Titanic, oh. with thirty million sales. But the My number hot dog goes on. Yes, exactly. Uh, Celine Dion, yes. as, as they call her back home, and the number one best-selling album of all time, the biggest-selling album of all time with forty-five million copies to date, is a little film with Kevin Costner and Whitney Houston.
2: The bodyguard. The A bodyguard.
1: They're bodygu- yeah, the bodyguard. Actually,
0: because of that song. Because of that song. Yeah. Wow. I will
1: always. I will always love you. we're not yeah. going to. Oh damn! That has to go on the Spotify podlet podcast <laughs> list now because we mentioned it. Bugger.
0: Oh, well, you had to say it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> no! <laughs> okay. Actually, I had. I had one other thing that I wanted to mention. Unless you got anything else, you guys. No. Ooh. No, no. Yeah. Okay. One other thing I wanted to mention was last week we did the uh, music about uh, what you had in the family. We talked about um, massive stereo systems and actually got an email from uh, from Roger back in England saying, yes, he had one of those as well. And I said, well, everybody, <laughs> had everybody had one. With the legs. And I've actually found a couple for sale. And there's one at the St. Catherine's Flea Market I'm going to go and have a look at next su- Sunday. So, when you guys come to my place one day and have a look at it, I may have one. It's a combination stereo system and drinks cabinet.
0: Come on.
1: Yeah, it's got a rotation cabinet on the outside. Like, I've got to get this. And it's got lights in it and everything. I'm like, oh, come on. Um, it's uh, it's $9,000, though, so I don't know.
2: Oh, wow. Okay, good. <laughs> um,
1: wow. But one, one thing I forgot to mention was the Top of the Pops compilation albums that my mum bought every year. What they would have, she would go to Woolworths every year and buy one of these albums, which they released one every year. And it was nothing to do with the actual TV show, Top of the Pops. But what they did, um, I think you guys in North America had k compilations? Yes. Okay, which I guess were what they were the original, now that's, that's what I call music albums, which they have now. Do you know those? Yep. Yep. OK, so did you know that now that that's what I call music started in 1983 and it's still going? <laughs> and they really? have, they, how many albums do you think they've released? <laughs> now? Yeah, do now it? that's now that's what I call music. Oh, Doing sure. the
0: past 40. <laughs> I was yeah. going to say 46, 47.
1: 109. 40. Oh, that's on. They've released 109 albums, which is insanity. But you guys had the KTEL stuff and it was all original artists we weren't that yeah. lucky we weren't actually yeah. that lucky because in the uk we had the top of the pop scene where every year an album was released there's only one a year but it was released with that year's biggest hits so every christmas we'd have this thing now while you had the original artist we basically got um the top of the pop stuff we got session musicians in to do their best and it is hilarious to so look back on these. You can find them all on Spotify. They're on a, 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 pop, a list called Top of the Poppers, probably on YouTube as well. He's got loads of them downloaded. And without being too drastic, they suck. <laughs> they were great at the time. Absolutely fantastic when my dad and six of his brothers were half-cut playing darts and um, having the latest hits in the background it didn't matter if it was actually sting singing roxanne but they're all like that all the songs are like that they they, they say it's like oh there's some great ones with Boney m you know and it's just nothing like it but uh, if you get a chance to listen to that top of the poppers on spotify and it is fantastic but it's a it's a car crash it's an absolute car crash
0: so so these were released like at the end of the year it's sort of like uh what was hits of the the year leading up to that exactly
1: what they would do is they take all of like you know all of the number ones that went on through the year yeah and they would record them as the year went through uh yeah. i'm looking at one here it's bright eyes pop music um hooray hooray it's a holly holly day by boney m um does your mother know by Abba? They're like just tons of these things. But everything that got yeah. into the top five or top that had had a chance of getting there. Uh, but yeah, absolute shit. But yeah, lots complete. of lots of fun at Christmas. And when you're ten, it you didn't really care. Like it didn't make any difference. So,
0: which which is funny because I sort of have a story with these albums. Mm-hmm. I have I have a couple of them in my collection. Right. And and we were given. I was given a a, a collection from a neighbor who. Uh, His entire collection was uh, um, all Belgium releases, right? Right. So I'm going through all these albums, and there was this uh, jukebox album, right? It was it was full of the the the, like um, ABBA and uh, different different hits, right? So we decided that we were going to throw it on again on a Saturday night while we're playing darts, and we're we're throwing darts playing this album and charlotte and myself are looking at each other going this is an abba who is this so me i go back to the album looking at the album looking at like it says abba right but not knowing any of these you know these top of the pop um albums were all like session artists and stuff like that right so you you know i just threw it on thinking oh this is just going to be a various artists you know uh album right and had none of the original artists
1: on it no, it's horrible to listen to but i mean god, yeah. god bless them they all did their best in brackets you know but i guess it must have saved them a fortune but they made money on this yeah well they, i think this <laughs> like the top of the pop stuff went until the mid 90s i think it was still going until sort of like vinyl really died out or early 90s or whenever it was people yeah. stopped buying it but, yeah, oh, so, man, fantastic.
0: So maybe the three dads should do a, uh, an album.
1: Yeah, or maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, if you want to get that going, I will stand in the back of Watch With Glee. <laughs> All right, wow. so, well, that was, that was episode five. Um, was that episode five? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. What I was going to say was, uh, Tim. Yes. You have a basement. Yes. With a recording studio going to be set up in a little while. And I think what the idea is, because obviously at the moment we're, we're all in our own places and we're talking over the internet. I think it would be great for all of us to get together. And I thank you for the invite that we all had uh, because our next podcast, maybe there's going to be a bit of a gap between this, the release of this one and the recording of the next one. So we might miss a couple of weeks, but after Thanksgiving, we're going to get together at your place, all three of us. And, yeah. uh, hopefully it'll, it'll get down to be more of a, like a, a natural chat and we won't have to wait for breaks in conversation where we can talk. So I'm really looking forward to that.
0: Yes. I cannot wait to have you guys over. And, uh, yeah, we're, uh, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be moving out of this studio that I've been in and moving into the new studio. So
1: out of the bedroom into the basement, basically.
0: Yeah. I'm moving out of the bedroom into the basement. <laughs> the laundry room. What happened to the laundry room? <laughs> Now, I did do a podcast in the laundry room, so I have moved around this house a bit. so
1: a po- Is that what you call it? A podcast? Yeah <laughs> No. Uh, very nice. Very nice indeed, mate. I cannot wait to uh, see you all see you all face to face. Yeah, it's been too long be- you, know, in this whole COVID-related times and everything where I haven't actually seen anybody socialized yeah. and had a good night of just good old chat a good night of good old three dads chat indeed cannot not wait but i'm bum all right all right mate well thank you very much guys i enjoyed that one
0: yeah so did i that was a lot of fun
1: okay well have a good week i'm sure well, i doubt if we'll actually speak beforehand but we might see each other online so have a great thanksgiving you, you as well thank yep. you very much uh and thanks again to, of course, to Ryan in the back room, who's doing all of our extra little bits. Thank you, Ryan.
2: Thank you, mate. QPR.
1: (laughs) Uh, You didn't have to let go that he was a QPR fan.
0: (laughs) Now it's out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Two Arsenals, one Spurs, and a QPR, and we all get along. Isn't it it great? I
0: know.
1: Fantastic. Who can
0: predict this?
1: Nobody. (laughs) <laughs> Not even Nostradamus, mate. <laughs> All right, gentlemen, thank you very much, and uh, have a good week, and we'll see you very soon for podcast number... Oh, hang on a sec. What are we what are we talking about next time? Cover versions. Cover versions, that's right. We're going to do the best, the best and worst cover versions. Well, I think that Roxanne we just played was probably <laughs> the worst cover version. You've
0: already covered the worst. I've already
1: won that. ha, ha, ha. just going to put one of those top of the pops albums on and go bingo um we'll have to dismiss the top of the pop stuff because that's just in a category of its own but we'll find best best and worst cover versions and we'll talk about um some of those songs and that'll be lots of fun
0: nice cannot wait
1: all right thank you john thank you tim all the best everyone and we'll see you soon